why should anyone listen to us? Well, because we both listen to each other and it's actually yeah. helped a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, that's such a great point. I do give amazing <laughs> advice. <laughs> Hi, welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Mia and Carly. Hello. I'm so excited to be here recording this intro. Welcome back, guys. Thank you for joining us again on week six. Yes. So we have the long-awaited relationship episode today. Uh, We actually pivoted because we recorded this thinking it would be relationship advice, but then realized that maybe no one wants to turn to us for relationship advice and who who are we to be giving any, but we reframed it and now we're giving relationship advice to our younger selves. Yeah, that definitely made it a more approachable topic for me because like what you said, it just feels like we're just starting this and a lot of the people listening don't even know us and yeah, who are, who are we to tell them how to live their relationships and everything, but I think it was actually really fun to record and I'm excited for everyone to listen to it because like we've said before, we're just two girls in our your late 20s, I'm 31. Um, and we've learned a lot from relationships that we've been in. And we relate so much to each other, even though a lot of our situations have been very different. So it's just natural that people are gonna, going to be able to relate to it. And of course, everyone will have their own advice that they would give their younger selves. And like we said last week, when we were talking to Kira and the end of um, that episode, a lot of times the advice you would give your younger selves is still advice that you should take now. So it was actually really interesting when I listened back to the episode thinking like, oh yeah, I kind of still do that. Or like, oh, I have to remember that. Like, it's just like, I mean, it's something you're always working on. Relationships are never going to be perfect. Yes. So we have different relationship experience, but a decade of dating experience, relationship experience, bad relationships, good relationships. So we think that while we related to each other and found friendship and support in each other, we think that our listeners and all of you will, you know, relate to this. And hopefully some of the advice we have for our younger selves that's still relevant for us today will be relevant for you all. Yeah. And either way, it's just fun to do a solo episode. Now, of course, we've released five episodes and four of them have been with guests. So we had the first intro and then we had Dino and we had Sarah and we had Kira. (laughs) Who am I forgetting? Pete, your brother-in-law. Pete, of course, my (laughs) brother-in-law, Pete Athens. So we've had a lot of really great guests. And as we've mentioned, we have a lot already already recorded that we will be releasing in the weeks to come. But it's just fun to sprinkle these in there and have you guys get to know us a little bit better. And it's been kind of like a difficult time because we haven't really been sure how to approach this. Like, we are still building this platform. We're still building up our presence on social media and we're still building out this podcast and really trying to, like I said, build this community. But for the past few weeks, there's just been so many things that are obviously way more important that we've been trying to really focus on and give our time to. And that's one of the reasons, of course, why we did put a pause for a couple of weeks on releasing new content. And then we did put a pause on releasing a lot of the episodes that we have already stored up so that last week we could really push Kira's episode to the front because we felt it was really important to have a more diverse list of guests. And Kira has such an amazing voice and we really just wanted to help get that out there and um 
and we will continue to try to have diverse voices on on this podcast. Yes, exactly. And you mentioned this in Kira's episode, but if you're following the same voice and the same person that looks like you, you're really not learning anything or expanding your world or your source of opinion. So we're just excited to have broadened our our whole community. And it's been great to just have a whole new set of people that we're learning from every day. And while we're continuing to learn about racism and have these uncomfortable conversations with family or friends, we're also just celebrating a community of people whose voices may have been suppressed or not you know, in the forefront as much as they should have been. So I love that you said that. And we've been talking about this is just going to be an ongoing movement and an ongoing education for all of us. Yeah. It's really, it's interesting. A lot of like, I feel like I'm learning so many things, which is good. But at the same time, it's making me think like, wow, why didn't I know this before? Why didn't I pay attention to these things? Like, I think, I don't remember what, I think the other day I saw someone shared on Instagram, a list of I don't remember if it was bars or coffee shops or something um, like owned by people of color in New York City. And I like, I think there were like three or four of them that were like a few of my favorite places in New York City. And I was like, at first my reaction was like, oh, I'm so happy that I supported these places so much. But then I like stopped and I was like, I actually like makes me kind of mad at myself that I don't know who owns these places that I go to. And that's something like so simple to at least like know who the owner is, know what they look like and what they stand for. And I, I, to be completely honest, don't think about that nearly as much as I should. So now um, a lot of what Kira said last week was thinking about the brands that you work with, but also think about the brands that you support and like the right down to like the snacks that I'm buying, like who owns them? What does that company stand for? And what are they doing right now? Like it's so important. So there's just so much that we can be learning and we want to use our voices on this platform and on our Instagram account to share all of that with you guys. So we are learning right along with you. And of course, if anyone ever has recommendations, books to read, shows to watch, um, brands that are really doing great things right now, we would love to hear more about that. Yes. Definitely. But I think that that's all we wanted to speak to, at least for right now, before we get into our episode, we just wanted to make it clear that while we're still releasing a lot of the content we've had built up and a lot of the guests, we're still doing this work and this is still a priority for us and will be moving forward. So definitely expect to see diverse guests. And like I said last week, this platform has always been a platform to connect with people from all walks of life and all different backgrounds and bring all of these stories to our listeners. So we're definitely going to continue doing that. So we're excited for you to join us and for this episode to learn a little bit more about us. So we thought this would be a fun episode to bring a drink to. So what are you drinking? I'm drinking a high noon. And yes, we needed drinks for this episode because we're touching on some funny, but also some serious topics and reliving the past decade of our relationships. So what did you bring to drink? Well, first I'm starting to laugh a lot right now because when we first started being friends, like, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast yet, but we always joke about it that that whole summer we were just like nonstop drinking. Like I feel like (laughs) out so much and we were always, and so much of what we were talking about was like, the relationships we were both like starting at that time or that we had both been in the past that related to each other that like 
and every time is always over like at least one bottle of wine so it's only appropriate that we both brought at least one drink right now exactly and I'm (laughs) laughing because yes that was an extremely drunk summer and I thank you so much for continuing to be my friend because I think I spoke for hours and hours and hours on end about my relationship situation so (laughs) (laughs) for everyone listening Carly is an amazing listener and has excellent relationship advice so I love that exactly what we talked about earlier like why should anyone listen to our relationship advice but we found so much support through each other and Carly has given me great advice throughout the past three years so if it benefited me hopefully it benefits other people listening who might be in the same situation. Yeah that's actually such a good point I feel like we both why should anyone listen to us? Well, because we both listen to each other and it's actually yeah. helped a lot. So. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, that's such a great point. I do give amazing <laughs> advice. <laughs> I actually am great at advice. Um, but no, so I, uh, I want to try that high noon and I actually was looking for it in Whole Foods the other day and I didn't see it. But anyway, I'm drinking a Luna Bay Hard Kombucha, which is a company that was started in Chicago. So it's kind of nice. fun that I'm trying it here, but it's, it's really good. Mm, I'll put it on my list. Yes, definitely. So a lot more drinking quarantine than before quarantine for me, but also Same. it's getting nice out. So that's always how it goes. Exactly. Yeah. But I guess we should just get into it. And to repeat what we said, we're not experts, just had um, a ton of good and bad relationship experience. And we're just going to hash it out right now. <laughs> Yeah, we'll hash it out. I'll preface it by saying that I definitely don't have like a lot of successful relationship experience that anyone (laughs) should be learning from, but (laughs) I have some funny stories here and there to add and definitely some learning experiences that that's why I love the theme of what I would have told myself because there's so many things that I have learned from. And while I laugh and say I don't have like a lot of success in the relationship area, I don't think that I, there's, there are very few things that I would change just because of how much I've learned from the different relationships that I've been in. So, and you have, like you said, we have very different experiences in relationships where you have mostly just like long-term, you were in a relationship for eight years. So we'll dive into that too, but it'll be fun to see like the different, different point of view that we both have and the different experiences that we've had. Yeah. I have little to no dating experience. (laughs) I feel like I have gotten into relationships pretty quickly. I've definitely gone on dates in between my relationships and I, you know, use Tinder and Hinge, but I barely have anything to say about that because I've always just met people in person. And then I got into an eight-year relationship that took up the majority of my 20s. So I could talk a lot about that, which definitely will be a lot of this episode because that's where I learned a lot about myself and a lot about what I want in a relationship. Yeah. So let's just dive right into it. So I guess we can kick it off just by, we answered in our intro episode advice you would give to yourself 10 years ago. But if you're just like looking back 10 years ago, you were in this relationship Mm -hmm. that you continued to be in then for years after that. But is there like one piece of advice that you wish someone told you maybe going into that relationship that you wish you could have like had in your head through those eight years? I definitely think I had great friends and family that were giving me advice. I just wasn't hearing it. Um, I think up top, I've been doing a lot of like coming into this episode, a lot of introspective thinking on my relationship and myself. And I want to say 
before talking about anything that I don't regret my relationships or my relationship that I'll speak to that was eight years and I want to be respectful of it but I also want to accurately depict how I felt because my feelings were very real. So I think up top, I met my boyfriend two weeks into college and we pretty much started dating in freshman year. And I think my advice to myself would be not to rush into a relationship right into college. And I don't know if other people have similar experiences, but I think that's the time where you're independent, you're on your own for the first time, you're meeting so many new people, learning so much. I'm the type of person that I think I was in a really codependent relationship. So I feel like my mood, my friendship, my life, my schedule, it revolved around this relationship that sucked me in and ended up being pretty toxic. So I remember like being in my dorm in the shower, like crying hysterically, thinking that my life was over after some fight or some sort of traumatic relationship experience that happened at the time. And I look back and I'm like, why did I waste so much energy in this emotionally tumultuous relationship? Like, stop crying, go hang out with your friends, read a book, learn something. Like, I just wish I wasn't so dependent on the relationship and wish my mood wasn't so affected by it. And I think that those years in your 20s are just a great time to discover yourself. And that's, I think, why the relationship was pretty bad because I barely had confidence in myself and I I relied on the relationship for so much of that. So of course, when one thing went wrong, I felt like my whole world was crashing down. So that's my main advice to myself in dating in college. And I know you've dated a ton in college, but did you feel like you were ever in a relationship like that? Or did you feel like you got a good experience of dating and friendships as well? I mean, I definitely had friends, but I relied so much on the relationship. I definitely relate to a lot of what you just said. I think that I probably was always pretty insecure in relationships, but I was really good at masking it to the point where I didn't even realize myself that I was insecure. But I did have one relationship, probably like my longest adult relationship was like a couple years in my mid 20s, where it was such a terrible relationship that it really made me realize that I was so insecure in like romantic relationships. And I think that on one hand, I like some days when I think about it, which I don't really think about it that much anymore. But (laughs) sometimes when I do look back on it, I like hate that person that I was with so much because I'm like, wow, like you made me this insecure miserable person but then at the same time I'm like I think it kind of like brought out things that were already there that I just like Mm -hmm. never really saw before so then I'm like okay like I guess I'm happy that I had that experience and I don't regret anything like even not relationship wise like I'm just not a regretful person I'm not like a hold a grudge person I'm that's probably one of the reasons why I stayed in that situation for so long because I'll be mad or sad but then I'll just kind of like a few minutes later feel better and it's not that I like brush it under the rug I literally like just don't hold on to emotions kind of like how I am so (laughs) I think that that's a piece of advice that anyone would benefit from is just try to look at the bigger picture and don't view it as the end of the world and that's easier said than done like for any age like think about in high school when you broke up with someone like it felt like the end of the world it's the same way in college and it's probably the same way throughout like most of your 20s but then through every relationship that you're in after that or every like just the time that passes you realize that it never really is like I mean it's clearly never the end of the world but it's 
the friendships that you have that really do like get you through that. And I think that that's a big thing to realize is that like, those are the people. Well, it's hard because like, definitely you wrote, you go through friendships and you end friendships in your twenties. I think that's like a big pivotal moment in, in time when you kind of like realize who your real friends are and kind of like start to shape those relationships. But those like real friends that you have are the people that are always going to be there. And you should be like enjoying that and going out and not like so bogged down by like something that's just like, I don't know, going to be trivial in the long run. Right. That kind of leads into one of my other pieces of advice to myself. When you talked about ending a relationship is not going to be the end of the world. You have friends, you have a life of your own and you'll be able to move on and you'll become a better person from it and realize what you want and be able to find someone new. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to talk about how to end a relationship and when to end a relationship. So I was in this relationship that was pretty toxic for eight years. We just had, we were pretty terrible to each other. I like laugh saying that, but we didn't treat each other right. And I think that I always knew that this wasn't a great relationship. It was on and off, had issues with cheating that we'll talk about and loyalty and trust. And there was so much baggage. So why didn't I end that for eight years? I'd be able to see the relationship and then think about all the good things. Like I would ignore all the bad things and say, well, he's great on paper. Our families like each other. We have great chemistry. We have similar backgrounds. We went to school together. Like we have all these experiences that shape us. So I looked at all those things and I didn't want to end the relationship because I had all these little questions and thoughts coming up. Like, will I ever meet someone else who has all of these good qualities? And when will I find someone else? I'm getting older. And is it worth ending this? And then I would blame myself. Like I'm not being grateful for the great things that are in this relationship. And I've thought about that a lot lately. And that just comes down to being so insecure. Like if you're confident and you find things that you like, and you put yourself first and first become happy with yourself, of course, you're going to find someone else who is worthy of a relationship. So even like the thought that I put all of those negative feelings aside and focused on all of these insecure thoughts, like that just shows you how not confident I was at the time. So just a piece of advice to myself was to stay confident. You are worthy of a relationship that is great and there's trust and there's loyalty and there's friendship and there's great communication, but that really has to come from within first. Yeah. You just said a few things that I definitely want to talk about. So the first was the idea of timelines. And I think that that's a huge thing that makes people stay in relationships that they shouldn't be in or makes people even start relationships that they shouldn't be in. Like, right. <laughs> because you're worried about your timeline and about what you're, you thought your life would look like at one point or another at this age. In fact, when you were in high school and you pictured what life would be like when you were 30, like if anyone had asked me when I was in high school, I'm sure I would have thought that I would be like married when I was 30 and maybe even like had a kid because I feel like that's just like our parents' generation. They Most of them were mm-hmm. um, on that timeline and that's what you see in a lot of movies and TV shows and everything like that. And especially when you're starting to get into your mid twenties and your friends, some of your friends will start to get engaged and you have like that year where you go to a million weddings 
And those are things that are always going to be in your head. And I can't, honestly, I can't speak for obviously anybody else, but I especially can't speak for guys. Like, I don't know if they think like that at all, but I know that most of my like girlfriends who date are sometimes doing it more from a place of wanting to be in a relationship and wanting that like, um, that like prize at the end of the road of getting married and having like a life, family life and settling down and everything like that more than from a place of trying to find that person that they want. Like, I think that most people, not most people, but probably a lot of people who are on these dating apps, if they had to take a minute and write down like exactly what they want from a relationship, who, who the person is that they want, like how they want them to make them feel, what they want to bring to the relationship, like those like really important things they probably wouldn't be able to, but like they would probably be able to say like when they want to get married and like how many kids they want to have and what they want to name their kids because they have all of those like ideas of the timeline and what they want long-term, but you really need to put that out of your mind. So many people get married at like later ages now and have kids at later ages and it's rushing the timeline isn't going to put you in the right situation. What's going to put you in the right situation is what you said of being confident in yourself, being like being the person that you want in a relationship is going to help you bring that person in. So when I think back to the relationship I mentioned before in my mid twenties, when I had had gone through so many years of not really realizing how insecure I was and all these things about myself that like I hadn't realized, of course I called in this like awful person who was also incredibly insecure and like honestly very similar to me in a lot of ways just with like a lot of added anger issues <laughs> but but of course I called that in because that's like the state of mind that I was in without even realizing so right I and I also was like very I, I don't want to say afraid of but like allergic to commitment like I just feel like I didn't want commitment and I wouldn't have probably like verbalized it that way, but like in my head subconsciously, I didn't. So of course I called in so many people who also weren't, didn't want to commit. Well, can you imagine spending the rest of your life with someone who you're just like lukewarm about? Yeah. Like never. That's the most terrible thought ever. And I'm lucky. I grew up in a family with three older sisters who met their husbands or now fiance later in life. So not later in life. I mean like mid (laughs) thirties. (laughs) and that was always an example I had just more of a normal example to me that I didn't have to rush into a relationship or keep a relationship going just because I like wanted to get engaged or wanted a wedding or wanted a marriage so we always laugh because my sister will tell me Mia can you imagine if I married the guy I was dating at 25 and I think it's so true like you grow up so much you learn so much And I even see friends now who are in relationships and just say, I don't know about him. I have doubts. I don't know if this is it. I don't know. Like, end it. People get so in their heads that then they start putting things on themselves. Like, I'm not being grateful. Exactly like I just said earlier. Like, I'm taking this for granted. I should be happy. Maybe I should commit. Maybe this relationship would be good for me. But it's so cliche to say when you know, you know, but it's, I mean, in my opinion and experience, it's pretty true because if you're having these doubts, I would lie in bed at night and have just this pit in my stomach that I knew this relationship was wrong and I would just ignore it over and over and over again until I finally ended the relationship. So I just think if you like listen to your gut and stop worrying about a timeline because you don't want to spend the rest of your life with someone who you're just unsure about. Yeah. 
it's like the timeline and then it's all of the shoulds like the things that you think you should Mm -hmm. do or the other people think you should do um and it's funny because I kind of have been really or I was really good about not listening to the things you should do like I mean, mm-hmm. I should have even listened to them more probably because I've done so many like things in relationships that I definitely shouldn't have done and been in relationships that I shouldn't have been in. But I think it's been more so in the past few years that I've started to realize the things that people, other people think I should do. And sometimes, I mean, you're so lucky what you just said about the example that your sisters have set for you and that you've never felt, or I, I don't I'm speaking for you, but it doesn't seem like you've ever felt pressure to be on any certain timeline. And I definitely don't feel pressure, but I do definitely feel sometimes that some other people in my life like have more of an idea of a timeline that I should have than I do. And like an example that I'm thinking of in my head is when I first moved to Chicago, I started dating somebody. I dated like a lot when I first moved here just because I didn't know that many people and it was like a fun thing to do. I downloaded Hinge for like the eighth time that I actually used it <laughs> this time. But one of the dates I went on was the first day I moved here, actually. And then I ended up dating the guy for a few months. And I think I kind of knew the whole time, like, I didn't really like him. But it, I wasn't continuing it to try to convince myself. But I was doing it because, I mean, dating apps are so weird. Like, you don't really know the person. So I was having enough fun with him that I wanted to give it the time to see if there was something there. But the more I spent time with him, the more I realized that there wasn't really anything there. And I've been in a few situations with guys where I have like a lot of fun with them and they're like a fun, cool, normal person where I want to continue hanging out with them, but I just don't feel like the connection of somebody that I want to be with long-term. So it's like very easy for me to then just not see this person anymore and like just stop it. But all of the times I'm thinking of like three specific times in my head of different relationships that I've been in. And every single time I've had like a few of the same people say to me, well, just try it. Like, he seems so nice. He likes you so much. Or like, it seems like you're having so much fun. Like just give it a chance. And it's like, once it's been like a few months, even once it's been like a couple of dates, like you've given it a chance. So mm-hmm. I think that hearing that like, oh, you should just give it a chance or you should just try it. Or like, don't you want to be in a relationship? Yeah, of course I want to be in a relationship. Why else do you think I'm going on these dates with these people I've never met and like sitting across from somebody or at a table that like all I've seen is a picture of them or like sitting on my couch and basically having a pen pal. Like, yeah, I'm not doing this for fun. I'm doing it because I want a relationship, <laughs> but I want it with someone that I want to be with. Like the whole point of a relationship is finding somebody who you enjoy spending your time with and who you can picture being with for the rest of your life. Like, do you really want to settle and have somebody for the rest of your life sitting next to you that you're not even like passionate about? Like I talked no. in our first episode about passion, I think. And like, that's a huge thing for me. Like, yeah, I've had a few people have dated that I probably could have like said like, sure, I'm not speaking for them, but yes, if the opportunity presented itself, I probably could have said like, sure. Yeah. This person will be fun to spend the rest of my life with, but I'm looking for a little bit more than that. So I think that the advice that I continue to give myself that I would give myself in the past is just like you said, like, don't stay in something because of a timeline or because of what you think you should do or what your life you thought would have looked like by this point. Like, just do, if you feel like something's off and you don't feel like this is the right situation to be in, then usually the thing that you're most afraid of doing is the thing that you should do. So there's like the word should again, but like, that's the best thing for you is to do that thing that might feel scary to you. So ending a relationship or 
saying, no, I don't want to be with this person when it would be pretty easy. It would have been pretty easy for me to just start dating this guy that like I was dating when I first moved here. Like, I think he was already my boyfriend without me realizing, but (laughs) instead I ended it because otherwise I'd be quarantined with this person and I would be very unhappy right now. Yeah. And with this person, you'd be quarantined in Buffalo plaid pajamas doing like family activities (laughs) and you would have no chemistry. (laughs) Yeah. So just like a little background, I'm, I kind of like touched on it in our intro episode, but this guy took me on a lot of fun dates, took me to a Cubs game, like planned a lot of fun things. He definitely had priorities that I have of like having a good relationship with his family, but he barely even like kissed me. Like, I just feel like there was no like physical connection there and he was not at all concerned by it. Like it was like, it didn't even seem like it was a thought in his mind, which is like a little bit weird. Um, and then, but on like the opposite side of it, he was already like sending me pictures of his like nieces and nephews and sent me like a picture on Thanksgiving of him and his entire family. And I don't know if it was pajamas or what, but it was matching Buffalo plaid. And it was just like, happy Thanksgiving from the so-and-so family. And I'm pretty sure it was you and I were at Emily, our favorite restaurant in New York City. He sent this to me and I'm pretty sure I like responded saying that I don't want to date him anymore. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really see, there's not enough chemistry here. And then he was like, yeah, like I understand like you travel so much. It's been hard to like, like he just like put it back on me, whatever. But yeah, <laughs> so I would be stuck with this guy on my couch, like probably wearing Buffalo plaid and like yeah, not happy right now. So listen to your gut. Do you think that chemistry, you touched on this where you said people said, give it a shot, try it out. Do you think chemistry is something that can just come with time? Because I don't. No, I think it can come with like alcohol, but it can't come with time. Like I definitely don't think you can build it with time. Like this, uh, I've been in situations where there was no chemistry at the start and I've kind of like stayed in that relationship and the chemistry never like just found its way there. Yeah. I don't, I've never been in any situation where the chemistry just over time came on. Yeah, definitely not. But I don't know. Some people have different views on that. For me, it's been always something that's pretty apparent in the beginning of a relationship. Yeah. And I think it's apparent for both people. Like I'm always kind of surprised when people like end relationships and it's like, because one of them said there was no chemistry and it's like, Shouldn't the other person have felt that that, too? Yeah, Yeah, like I feel like it shouldn't be like a secret. I think it's a pretty like (laughs) palpable feeling. But one of the other more serious topics that I wanted to talk about that you have, like we've both touched on a little bit is cheating and like being Mm -hmm. cheated on and kind of like how to approach that. I don't know, or how to deal with that. I feel like you have a lot of good advice on this. And I think you also like recently read a book about it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts about cheating. Um, I have a lot of different thoughts on cheating. I think that it was definitely really prevalent in my eight-year relationship. And I think that the relationship started out when we were both around 19 and ended when we were 26. So for the majority of that relationship, I was dating a guy who was like 19 slash early 20s. And part of me, this was also something that came up throughout the eight-year relationship, is that I kept finding excuses. So I thought like, oh, he's a college year old guy. What do I expect? Let's give him another chance. And then, you know, I wasn't perfect either. And it was just kind of like this ping pong back and forth of just like us treating each other terribly and not really like worthy of a good relationship. But 
I think I've learned from that because I did give so many second chances, but they never actually were second chances. I said, I forgive you. Let's make this work. But that was coming from a place of fear of ending the relationship and not being able to come to the realization that the relationship needed to end. That was me being scared of an ending. And that was me just wanting to pretend like nothing ever happened and give a second chance. But I had held a grudge. I was so insecure. I was so paranoid and anxious. And I never fully got to a point where uh, I could forgive. But I also don't think that the behavior really changed. So if someone's going to say they're sorry and continue acting that way, this isn't a relationship that can work from either side. But yes, because I was in that relationship for so long, I definitely have a lot of trust issues. And it's so hard to forget all of those experiences, even when it was a completely different person. So I did read a book recently, and it's by Esther Perel. She is a psychotherapist, an author, a speaker, and she studies and focuses on modern relationships and especially focuses on cheating and infidelity and trust in relationships. So the book that I read was The State of Affairs. It's looking at cheating at an angle of understanding why it happened and how to move past it. One thing that I took out of it was that two people in a relationship are living in very separate realities. And it's important to first understand why the indiscretion happened. And I never want to say this and make it feel like the person who got cheated on, it was their fault. Because of course, that's not what I think. But I think the first step here is to always understand like why this happened and like what could either party be doing better to make the thought of cheating not come up, whether that's like having better communication or I, I don't know, it could be a number of things. And also then just what I mentioned earlier about my own experience is that if you decide you want to forgive someone and move on past cheating, you truly have to work on that. So that could be a ton of conversations. I think you need to ask all of your questions and get all of those answers and understand why it happened. And then decide, are you going to move on from this? So are you going to forgive someone? And what do you need to move on? Because forgiving someone is not just saying those words. It's getting all that information and making the decision. And once you make it, like that's your decision. You can't hold a grudge. You can't continue nagging. I do believe whenever you want to talk about it, definitely have that communication open. But in my relationship that this happened, I was so much younger and I probably acted as someone in their early 20s would act and I would get angry. I'd be passive aggressive. I'd constantly be anxious. I'd be checking social media every five seconds. I'd always like see if certain people were with him when he was out. I was a crazy person and who wants to live like that? So I definitely said the words, I forgive you and let's try it, but I didn't really act on that. And now I've learned more about how to like approach that in a more mature way. And actually, if you're going to make that decision to stick with it, get all those answers, talk a ton and move on. Yeah. I think that that's important. I think that, like you said, it's not like it's that person's fault who was cheated on, but there's something underlying there. There's something wrong. Yeah. And if you're making the decision to say that you forgive the person or that you're willing to work on it, then 
you have to actually mean that because there there is clearly work that needs to be done but you have to actually feel that way like you can't just right. say that and then continue to like make little comments here and there mm-hmm. or you c- should be able to continue to ask questions and like care who they're out with and like they should be able to show up for you in the way of like answering those questions and dealing with it from there and if you want to but um, but it needs to come from like that place of wanting to work on it, not that like place of insecurity and that anger that like you're not dealing with. Um, so yeah, like I, I think I've told you the story before where I cheated on somebody that I was dating and I say cheated on, like I kissed somebody else when I was with this guy that like I had only been dating for a few months, but it was kind of like a funny situation because it was like, I'm a very like upfront and honest person. Like I think that I'm definitely in relationships where I like truly really like the person a lot like I can get so afraid to have those difficult conversations and even like the conversation of like do you like me too and do you want to be in this relationship Mm -hmm. like I'll talk myself out of it until like the end of time like just because I get so nervous but when I'm actually in a relationship with somebody that we're both in it um I like am very upfront and I like say how I feel and if I cheat on somebody even if it's just kissing another guy that like when I've been in this relationship for a few months like I'm gonna tell the person I'm not like a hide it and lie about it kind of girl so um anyway I was dating this guy for a few months when I was I guess like early 20s and he was from Israel and I met him because I was working at a coffee shop which I talked about in the first episode when I was just out of college and we started dating and like I said I'm always afraid to have that like are we dating conversation so in my mind like I don't know are we dating we were spending a lot of time together but I'm never the one to ask so it seemed like we were and it had been a few months and then he had to go back to Israel for like a family thing for like two or three weeks but it felt like so long at that time just because like I don't know I was young and I was living in New York City and I feel like three weeks was like an eternity um (laughs) but so he was gone and during that time another guy who was another customer at the coffee shop came in and asked me if I wanted to go to happy hour with him and his friends that night and I said sure so I went to happy hour and it was just him and we were clearly on a date and it was at the Ren in New York City, so our first friend date spot. Yep. And then on the cab, when he was dropping me off at my apartment, he, like, kissed me goodbye. And I was like, oh, whoops. Like, I just went on a date with this guy and kissed him. And I'm, like, also dating this other guy who was in Israel. And so when he got back, I mean, for, so from that second, I knew, like, I don't want to date. Like, I believe, and I can't get into the mind of anyone who's cheated on me or anyone who cheats in general, but I believe that, like, in that second, you kind of know if it's, like, a fleeting thing that maybe you had too much to drink or it didn't mean anything for whatever reason or you know it's because something is not right in the relationship and you don't want to be in it so for me I was like yeah like I guess I don't really want to be dating this guy like it was probably the idea of him like he was like a really attractive Israeli soldier <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, but anyway I got back and I told him that I had accidentally gone out on a date with this other guy and that he kissed me and that I just don't want to be in this like whatever it is like relationship I think even in that conversation I was probably afraid to call it a relationship and he was like oh my god but no like and he was I feel bad even talking about it because he was like the nicest guy in the entire world and he was like like no it's okay like I I do want to be your boyfriend. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you. He basically ended up apologizing to me. And like, a oh few my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. And like a few weeks before he had left for Israel, I had invited him to my sister's wedding. And I was like, like I said, young twenties, like t- 
today I would never just invite this guy I was dating for a few months to like a family member's wedding. But at that time it was like, she told me I had a plus one. I had been dating him. I liked him a lot. And I was like, oh my God, it'd be so fun to have a date to the wedding. So he had said yes and he was supposed to be coming. But now fast forward and I told him I cheated on him. And he was like, it's fine. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm still coming to the wedding, right? And in that moment, I felt so bad <laughs> that I was like, yeah, sure. So then I ended up bringing this guy that like, I had just, oh, like, my this God. other guy, I had just like broken up with him, didn't even know if I was dating him, to my sister's wedding. And so like introduced him to the whole family. And it like, it was like the most uncomfortable situation. Obviously, I enjoyed the wedding. It was my sister's wedding. It was so much fun. But I was like, so uncomfortable by the fact that this guy that I knew I wasn't going to continue dating was meeting my entire family and I didn't bring that many people home to meet my family I still haven't since then and <laughs> it all came from the place of me just being like afraid to say how I actually felt and to like face those like real conversations so yeah. that's just like a funny story of cheating which obviously is less like it's a little bit more lighthearted than some of the others I could have told about being cheated on but again yeah. it just like to me what I learned from it is be upfront and honest with the person you're with, but also like with yourself. So I was, I was so concerned by being honest with him and by making sure that he was okay with it. And that like what I was saying was making, like not making him upset. So I just like told him and then I said what he wanted to hear, but I should have also focused on being honest with like myself and realizing like I don't want this person to be coming with me like home to New Baltimore to meet my family. <laughs> and I don't owe him anything. Like, of course, like, you owe someone like honesty and respect and all that, whatever. But like, I didn't like owe it to him to make him feel better about the fact that I didn't want to be with him. So I think right. it's like, um, I think being honest with the person you're with is just as important as like, being honest with yourself. Yeah. And I totally agree with what you said. Like if you're cheating on someone, like, yes, there's a few situations where maybe it didn't mean anything, but I think I'm yet to find that. I think that when if you're cheating on someone, there's definitely some underlying issue that you need to, address whether that's in your relationship or with yourself and I think while your story was about cheating so many communication topics were coming up and how you were scared of even addressing a relationship topic or you were actually really good about communicating about the cheating incident but I think that's another big topic that I would want to talk about today and like advice that I have for my younger self is definitely involving communication yeah. And you have such good, I mean, from an outsider perspective, you have such good communication in your current relationship that I would never expect it to be something that you've had a hard time with, but it is so important. And I think that it, for me, at least everything comes back to a feeling of security or insecurity with yourself. Like as mm -hmm. secure as you might think you are in a relationship, like if you're an insecure person with yourself, then you're not going to be able to be secure enough to have those difficult conversations and to communicate. Like I want you to talk about how you kind of like approach communicating with somebody somebody, and like yeah. say you got in an argument and you want to make sure that you're coming to that conversation with like clear communication. I feel like you have some good methods, even if they're funny. Yes, Dan and I, I think have really good communication. I think we started out our relationship being really open and transparent and having to talk about a lot of things. So that was a precedent that was set at the beginning of our relationship. So I like to keep that up. I'm also the type of person that if I have an emotion, I share it even like even physically, like people always say that I can't have any feeling because it's always on my face. And I think that 
I just have such a hard time compartmentalizing how I feel and how I'm acting. So if something is wrong or on my mind, I need to address it and I need to bring it up. And that definitely like comes out with friendships. Like if I've made something or like have a thought about my relationship, I'm like immediately texting you. And I think that's the reason why like at the beginning of our friendship, so much of our conversations were focused on relationship issues that were going on at the time. So I've gotten a lot better with this because in my past relationship, there were just so many fights, passive aggressive fights, arguments, holes in the wall, (laughs) (laughs) fights on the street, fights on the train, like screaming, angry text messages. Because yes, if I have a feeling, I bring it up. And at that, in that relationship, I'd bring it up at the wrong times. And even sometimes in my relationship now, I'm learning as I go, but we've definitely like had fights while drinking or I don't know. You never want to be that person having a serious conversation or fight with your significant other, like crying at a bar or at a friend's birthday or at a restaurant, which I've been in all those situations, but it's terrible. So now I've definitely learned a lot about communicating and I... I think about what I'm going to say. I approach it so much like a presentation. I have an end goal in mind. I set expectations of what I'm going to say and what I need to hear from the other person. So I think that also, like you just touched on that, like being nervous about what the person's going to say, but you should set like an expectation for what's going to make you feel better in the end game of this conversation. Yeah. And And actually not to interrupt you, but I'm so happy you just said that because I've never thought of that. Like I've thought so much about what I'm afraid the person is going to say. And that is that like, what you just said is so in line with the way that we think in so many other areas of our life that thinking about what you're afraid is going to happen and think about what you want to happen. That's like a huge, that's an amazing piece of advice. I think that's what my therapist always tells me (laughs) if when I'm bringing up a conversation or a conflict, she always asks me, what do you need from his response to make you feel better? So I have that expectation and also going into an, a, conversation I always think it's good to have actual examples of experiences in the past that have made you feel that way so if you're bringing up any issue reference like how you're feeling and like not say you always do this you always make me feel like this no one's going to react positively to that because it's not true no one's always doing this so for me it's been helpful to like have concrete examples of certain instances where I felt that way. And I laugh because when I get heated and I have a feeling where I have to react and I want to have an angry, like emotionally charged conversation, I don't do it in that moment. I will have those conversations with the notes app in my phone. I scream in my notes app. I'm like in typing in caps lock. I'm typing eight <laughs> paragraphs, novels. Like I'd look like a crazy person if anyone saw those, but It's so cathartic to just get out all your feelings. And then I mentioned this a little earlier, like not to bring it up when you're drinking or not to bring it up when you're so heated and just think about it, plan out what you want, plan out what we just said of what you need to hear from the other person to feel better. Bring this up when you're in a much better situation, whether it's the next morning or when you're not drinking, that's so important. We actually recorded with a guest who talked about the importance of journaling and writing down your feelings. And he said, if you have a feeling that you hate someone so much, you want to kill them, write it down. Because just because you write it down doesn't make it any more true. It's already true because you think it. So that's why I think writing and like for me, that's the notes app in my phone, but just getting out all those thoughts and 
understanding what I'm feeling and then reframing it in a way that's like more approachable and friendlier and more constructive to bring it up with your partner. Yeah, that's funny. I feel like when people think about journaling, they think they have to have this like beautiful like monogram journal (laughs) by their bedside table. But sometimes it just means like getting in an argument with your notes app and getting those feelings out. And I also really like what you were saying about not saying trying not to be the person who's like, you always do this and like saying these like irrational things and arguments that just aren't true. And one of the pieces of advice that I've given to you in the past is like, instead of always telling somebody what they always do wrong, like start to tell them the little things that make you happy that they're doing right. And because that's going to help them. People like hearing like words of like affirmation more than they like hearing what they do wrong. So some, you could be telling someone over and over again, like I always give stupid examples, but like over and over again that like they never empty the dishwasher and that's not going to make them want to do it anymore. It's just going to be like this negative thing that you're always telling them, or you can tell them like you love when they like help you out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Or like sweep. I don't know. But but then the like, I'm picturing, I'm picturing Dan sweeping, which he does a lot. He's so clean. (laughs) Yeah. So then they start to hear like these things that they do right. And they want to do more of that. Like everybody wants to please other people. Like yeah, everybody should want to make their significant other happy, but they also like do it because they want to hear like the great things that they're doing and they want to hear that like affirmation and that like pat on the back. So say more of like what you like and what's right. I think people forget that in relationships sometimes, like they forget to focus on the things that their partner's doing right because they're just being driven crazy by the things that they're doing wrong. Uh, So that's like a big thing. But yeah, I think that you're, you've gotten... I mean, in the time that I've known you, I feel like you, you're you just so good at kind of like processing emotions before like just coming out and like arguing with the person or um, like you'll text me sometimes if something does happen that you want to like bring up, like something makes you angry and you'll, you, if like say you're drinking, you'll even say like, should I bring it up now? And you'll like know enough to like think and process and wait for the right time. Yeah. Whereas like I definitely have like, a very hard time doing that. Like, I think that if something bothers me in the moment, I just like come out and say it immediately. So I think it's really good advice. Obviously, everyone is going to say don't fight when you're drinking alcohol, but like even alcohol taken out of the situation, like if something happens that bothers you, like obviously if something huge happens, like don't just hold it in forever. But like, if like, if you feel like your anger is coming more from like an irrational place or like you're just so angry that you can't even think straight like that's not going to be an amazing time to have like an important conversation so I think that yeah yeah that's great advice take a beat whether that could be 10 minutes for somebody that could be overnight for someone else or three days for someone like just take the amount of time that you need to process the information and understand like what what do I have to bring up what do I want out of it and when's the best time to have a constructive conversation so yeah yeah and it always like it it, it's funny because like it always feels worse in the moment at least for me and it's it's not a bad thing if tomorrow you feel better it doesn't mean that you're like a weak person and that you're like afraid of bringing it up and that you should be angry like when people ask me should I be mad like I don't know. Are you mad? Like, I don't like, you don't, there's not like, if it doesn't make you mad, then you don't have to like put on this face of being angry because on paper, logically you should be like, sometimes you do just need that time to cool off. And then no, you shouldn't be mad if you're not like it's I, another should. 
Yeah, like, and it goes both ways. Like, obviously, if you feel like you shouldn't be mad, but you are, like, so what? Maybe you think you shouldn't be, but you are, so you are. Like, I, it's been, like, a huge thing for me to realize that, like, enough about, like, how I should feel, because instead I just have to, like, think about how I do feel, because, and I've mentioned this before, but, like, it is, like, I don't, like, have, like, a very, I'm not, like, a very emotional person, and, like, I am getting, like, more emotional as I get older which is fun but um, but but I sometimes like in the past I've had to ask myself like not just for the relationships but like friendships too like I feel like I should be mad right now and then I'll start to like convince myself yeah like I'm mad but if I'm not then I'm not and if I'm not like happy then I'm not happy and it's just because like this thing that I've always felt like I wanted like a relationship or like somebody to like look at me a specific way or say a specific thing to me that like I've always thought that I wanted and then it happens and then I'm not happy then it's like okay that I'm not happy and that's not this thing that I wanted so I think that like it's easier said than done like a lot of what we're saying but try to connect with how you actually feel instead of how your friend would feel if this happened to them or how you thought you felt if this happened because that's like a huge huge thing that has definitely helped me in a lot of relationships where I've had like on one hand what I think I should be feeling and on the other hand like what I actually am feeling yeah I think it's all great advice (laughs) at least to me yeah definitely and we didn't mention this yet which is funny because we always say this but a relationship is a mirror so whatever you touched on it and like how you called in a pretty negative relationship when you were feeling maybe not so secure or confident in yourself but it's just so true. Your relationship's going to reflect back what you're putting into it. And at one point you said you wanted to think not only what you can get out of a relationship, but what you could bring to it. And I think that's such an important piece that no one really thinks about when they're looking for a relationship or analyzing their own. But your relationship will reflect what you're bringing into it. And that's what you want to give and what you want to get back. Yeah, I think if you're walking around thinking about like, everything you want and from a place of like why don't I have this and I want this in a person and where is he and where is this relationship that I've wanted for so long then that's like just not productive it's the same thing as like in everyday life just like being more grateful for the things that you have and I think that one of the things that has like helped me a lot is like is yeah what you said thinking about like what I bring to relationship like if you're walking around with like so much confidence about all the stuff you bring to relationship and how you would be the best like significant other ever then you're going to attract so many more people than you are if you're just walking around like where is this like tall guy with blue eyes that like I've been looking for forever why haven't I found him like what's wrong with me that I don't have him who wants to be with somebody who has that aura around them I feel like that's not a productive place to be so Yeah. I feel like we ended up focusing more on serious or um, like learning experiences that we've had and which is good, but we'll definitely have to have more episodes where we talk about like funny things because I feel like you mentioned it even in one of our previous episodes that like being in a relationship doesn't mean you don't have funny stories and like there's, Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like we have so much content in the way of like funny things to talk about and more lighthearted stuff, but Um, when we think about it as like advice to our younger selves, it's obviously going to focus more on like learning experiences and stuff like that. Yeah. I want to ask you one more thing quickly. (laughs) So how do you approach, just because this is something I've been thinking about a lot lately and I feel like you're good at this. So how do you approach jealousy or like not 
like being jealous in your relationship, but like jealousy of friends or people around you, even if it's like on a TV show or people, you know, and not from a place of like timelines and stuff like that. But like, if you have a friend who she's in a relationship where they have something that you don't have in your relationship, like how do you approach being jealous of what other relationships around you have that yours doesn't? That's a really good question. And I did this a lot. I didn't talk about this much, but when I was in the relationship for eight years, I was always looking outside of my relationship. And I like, that was one of the main issue. I would see other relationships and know we don't have this type of affection. We don't have this type of friendship. We don't have this communication. I don't think that we have a really supportive relationship. So there was a, such a void in me. And I was always looking externally and like very aware of other people's relationships. Now, I don't know if that's just like gotten better with age and being more confident in myself um, or more confident in my relationship. But I also think you just never know what's going on in someone's relationship. And I think if you're jealous of something that you're seeing externally, maybe that's just like a trigger of something that's off in your own. So I think that just understanding why you're feeling that way and whether that's something that you need to address in your own relationship and fix. I think that's like like a reason it's coming up maybe. Yeah. Like I think of little things and right now, because I'm not in a relationship, I never feel jealousy of other people's relationships because more so I feel like, oh, when I'm with somebody, I want to have like that. Like I see Mm -hmm. a friend who always is going to work out classes with her significant other. And I'm like, oh, I want to have that with my future boyfriend. But I know obviously I won't have all these things that, that like, I I see in other people's relationships. So I think it's like important to always realize like, yeah, maybe your friend has a boyfriend who she always goes to the gym with and you wish your boyfriend would go to the gym with you, (laughs) but which is a funny (laughs) thing to use for you, but, but yeah, but at the same time, maybe you have a boyfriend who like loves to go out and you guys can go out for dinner and like drink martinis and just have like the best time ever. And she has a boyfriend who never wants to go out. Like, I feel like you always have things that like the grass is always greener kind of thing, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's a give and take. I think that if you're seeing things that you like in other relationships, I think you just always just bring it back down to earth and say, these are the things I'm really grateful for in my relationship. And these aren't deal breakers. Like, sure. I would love for Dan to come to like, a workout class with me or like go on a run with me and if he doesn't want to do that that's that's then like asking to change him as a person and it's reeling it back in and just realizing like how grateful I am and all the great qualities and I think if that like jealousy keeps coming up maybe like address it or realize if there's something like fundamentally wrong or like you maybe that is a deal breaker like we talked about in our intro episode if you need to have someone that has this thing that you're seeing in another relationship that's not in yours like yes that's a problem that needs to be addressed yeah it's it all goes back to being clear on what you want and what's a priority for you like you said so we'll definitely have more solo episodes we think this is a really fun way even if maybe you guys don't relate to the specific relationship advice that we have or experiences that we've had it's just a fun way for our community to get to know us and our personalities and we always get love getting to know you guys too so of course check us out on instagram our instagram handle is mostly underscore balanced and we always want to connect with new people so send us a message and yeah let us know what you think about the podcast in the reviews that helps a lot i didn't start really reviewing other podcasts until we created this just because i didn't realize like it's just such an easy 
free way to support something that you like and that you're enjoying. So now I go on and review and rate all of the podcasts that I listen to just because it helps get the word out. So definitely leave us a rating and we hope you enjoyed listening to this and look back on our Instagram for an announcement for our next guest next week. It was a really fun one to record and we're really excited to release it. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening and tune in next week for another great guest episode. Bye.